This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, six foot two, two hundred and ninety-eight pounds, the number one fuckboy, Johnny G. Also joining me in the High and Mighty Studios, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabers. Arthur cannot give a shout-out. It's too cold in the office because the windows are open. Homeboy is in the living room. Also joining me in the High and Mighty Studios, you've heard her before on this podcast. You've heard her before on other podcasts. It's my friend and yours, my birthday buddy, Nang Motherfucker Gang, Christine Nango. Hello. Hi. Uh, again, just a blanket apology to all my neighbors that are working from home and healthcare professionals I hear upstairs. <laughs> and then I'm just screaming uh, obscenities uh, and bullshit nonstop. <laughs> How are like, you, Nang? Oh, I'm so good. It's, We're- you know, great. <laughs> so good. My life is great. I just got back from Cabo. <laughs> <laughs> We just accidentally rat ourselves out to some crazy <laughs> shit. It's like, I haven't seen you since last weekend when we were all skiing in Switzerland. <laughs> well, how come you were buying all those solo cups when I ran into you at the uh, supermarket? I'm having a big birthday bash. <laughs> you saw outdoor dining's allowed, so I'm going to have a thousand people on the porch of my two-bedroom apartment. Uh, that's what we got to do. That This podcast needs to be celebrating back to normal today, <laughs> today. <laughs> January 25th. Uh, just a few days after the article came out that uh, cremations have sped up so much that the air quality has gone down, three days later, outdoor dining can resume. <laughs> it feels a little insane to have those two articles popping off that close together. No, I feel like you'll be like sitting down having a salad out on like a veranda and a gold tooth will fall into it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta like blow dust off the top of your mimosa <laughs> at brunch before you can have a soup. Uh, what I'm going to do right now is what I do. I, so I have like Zoom therapy and I always, when it comes up, I always like put a post-it note over my face. <laughs> oh, smart. Which actually on Zoom, hold on. Actually on you Zoom. You can shut your own picture off. You can shut anything off. But on the app that whatever therapist my uses. therapist uses can't hide self-view. There you go. Um, so it's always like, he's like, how are you? I'm like, good, good. Hold on. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> I do um, the same thing for chilling wise, but I don't do it for uh, when I have, I, like if I'm hanging out doing a cocktail, I shut my own picture off. But if I'm with Tiffany, she needs it on because she wants to <laughs> constantly see what she's like. She's like, I can see three of my closest friends from around the world and have like a mirror on the screen. I'm made in the shade. That is not me. No. <laughs> Nangle, you did the great reach out of like, this shit is not video, right? <laughs> I was like, hell fucking not. I hate that. Someone always... And- you can see what my background looks like. Like someone else just yes. like screen grab this and be like, we had Gabrus on our podcast. I'm like, I don't want my fucking marijuana smoke air filter or my <laughs> dirty laundry. Wow. I, I'm able to do this. It's on mirror. Well, Sorry. I'm, I, my screen is mirrored. So I'm having a hard time pointing that stuff. You're good. You got it. <laughs> got it. You have your dresser. My dad has that dresser. It's the same exact dresser. Really? Yeah. This shit is mad old, yeah. Yeah, exactly. My dad's four hundred. <laughs> right, because right, you, uh, we. This is the birthday episode of High and Mighty. You've been on previously, but now we're just having a little one-on-one. You, mm-hmm. you're turning fifty-nine this January thirty-first. Yes, so I am. 
We're the only two uh, left alive from the last birthday episode. So (laughs) this isn't by choice. The rest of them performed at that Chappelle show in Austin. (laughs) (laughs) We only did it because no one asked us. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'd be sick as a fucking dog, too, if someone would just invite me to a comedy thing every once in a while. Oh, my God. Uh, Crazy having a birthday I mean, some people are going to have two birthdays in the pandemic. I mean, some people right. had zero, I feel like. Some people, this has not landed on at all. But for me, it feels weird. I'm like, I always do like a dumb birthday thing every year that's just like inviting too many 40-year-olds to a location they don't want to go to. Mm-hmm. And I feel bummed that I can't do it this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I get it. Well, last year, gosh, I guess we recorded before, but last year... I had plans to go to Big Sur and like hike and and all that. Um, I had reservations, and then my aunt passed away. Yeah, and I then uh, I had to go to Philly for that, and that was like I my birthday. The Big Sur of the East Coast, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god, I don't know enough about Big Sur to know to even make a joke because uh, same. I, I don't know enough about Philly or Big Sur. I'm just. <laughs> Using two specifics I heard said 30 seconds apart. <laughs> Philly would be like, oh, so you go by Big Sur. Must be nice. Um, I go by Little Jidette. Um But yeah, so I like my birthday, like it turned midnight while I was like waiting for my luggage in the Philadelphia airport. Uh, um, and uh, but the people at the big at the hotel or motel or whatever it was were nice enough to. Like say, I explained the circumstances to them and they held on to the deposit. And then and they were like, you have to use it within the year. And I was like, oh God, I'll definitely use it within the year. And then like three weeks later, we were in quarantine. Oh, did they give you like some bonus time? Do you, can you use it for this birthday just to go sit alone and look at different walls <laughs> for an afternoon? I mean, I, I haven't reached out to them since <laughs> when last February because I, right. I Honestly, I don't think I thought about it until right this second um, <laughs> that I had once had bigger plans than than this. this. Uh, it, it was crazy at the beginning of quarantine. Me and Tiff had so many like things lined up to do that weirdly, like right as I didn't know at the time, I was about to not get any acting work for nine mm. months. I also got deposits back on like three different hotel bookings. So I right at the top of quarantine when she started hitting the fan, I was like, this sucks. I'm not going to work. And then I got like $2,000 back. And I was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. This will carry me through the quarantine. It's like, okay, it's been one full year. I'm going to need another couple of deposits back, baby. <laughs> also, that's such a funny way to like think that you're playing the stock market. <laughs> Um, to get your own money back from <laughs> is to just is to just put a bunch of uh, yeah just make a bunch of reservations places and then when you don't, when you, you realize you need money just cancel <laughs> cancel yeah it's like lo- purposefully losing twenty dollars in your winter jackets like you know just jam- <laughs> jamming like fifteen hundred dollars in your giant starter jacket and then hanging it up for the season so it's like come come next winter I have a little windfall here <laughs> and. Yeah, been a weird year, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, it's not that I need a jacket or any money because I have. <laughs> I've I, luckily my wife works, but I and I haven't spent a dot. I've really learned in the in the last nine months, without having any work, how little my income has changed. Because I guess what I spent all my money on was traveling, eating, drinking, going out to dinner, 
Lyft, Uber, all that shit. And mm-hmm. that's just all gone. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> when I when the world opens back up, I have to split the difference here and <laughs> put some money away. Like when I'm starting to make money again, I got to keep this behavior going a little bit because I didn't even think of it, like not going to restaurants, not renting Airbnb and Palm Springs for the weekend because it's our anniversary or some shit that like we think we should do because we work, we work hard, not having that for like nine months. I'm like, Oh fuck. I lost like half my income and I'm like in the same spot because I guess I was spending half my income on dr- uh, drugs, booze and food. Still spend the money on the drugs though. That's why they call you Mr. Break even. <laughs> yeah, they call <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. It was a, yeah, because my old nickname was Mister Personality, so it was a nice, <laughs> nice township for me. <laughs> yeah, it, we luckily we uh, haven't stopped working at all for the Simpsons, yeah. and I guess animation is kind of the place to be right now. So that's been good too. So, and we we went uh, virtual like a week or so before everyone else did, and we were like making so much fun of the EPs that decided that we were going to go like virtual like we were like what is zoom this is stupid and we had like a little tutorial and then like a couple days later tom hanks got it and we were like we're vanguards we knew we were prophets um so give us a call if you have any questions about how to do this (laughs) that Um, that i was supposed to go to march madness in vegas uh and I didn't cancel the trip as all the information was coming in because I was like, well, who knows? It's like, we don't really know what it is. And Vegas could still be okay out there. And then March Madness got canceled. We were <laughs> like, oh, if they canceled 32 uh, college basketball games, maybe we should cancel our <laughs> trip. <laughs> it took that, though. And that was another uh, deposit back. And then the uh, airplane tickets on, on all that stuff, that all just came back. And I was like, I'm flawed. And now that's been spent on weed delivery in, in like in way less than nine months I spent that <laughs> job creation I would call that spent on job creation hell yeah my my little quarantine habit which is I've just become like a townie here in West Hollywood I like get high walk to 7-eleven buy scratch off tickets and walk back it's like my exercise <laughs> and come home and me and tiff scratch off tickets it's like oh i won 30 dollars. like all right and then the next day i go and cash my 30 dollars. <laughs> and, and I, like the fucking guy at 7-eleven is like hey sir and he doesn't know that i live one and a half miles away from this 7-eleven <laughs> Oh, you walk that far. Yeah, I, I force myself to do that so it becomes like at least exercise and outdoors That's smart. time. So it's and, three miles, yeah. Yeah, and it's beneficial for myself and for the wife for me for me to be like out of the house for an hour a day. And, if not more. But and we're for just whoever not. who who does the lottery benefit here? I'm not sure. Hopefully just the wealthy elite. <laughs> <laughs> I know in Pennsylvania it's it's uh, older Pennsylvanians. And it's always like benefits older Pennsylvanians. And I don't even know what that means, but it's older Pennsylvanians. Older than who, says me. (laughs) Yeah, what does that what does that even mean? Because old people are the ones playing it. So I don't know how beneficial (laughs) you are. (laughs) It gives them something to do. (laughs) Right. It's like my pop-up spent his uh, pop my pop-up gym would literally buy lotto tickets or go to you go to Atlantic City once a month and buy lotto tickets like several times a week, just blowing his social security and his union pension every day. And I was like, this is wrong. But gambling, you know, you gotta feel alive, <laughs> gives you something to do, someone to talk to, an errand, you know? What uh I my dad's dad we called pop up. And I haven't met that many people who had a pop up. 
No, funny. I had two pop pops. Really? My dad's side and my mom's side. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say your pop pop was gay. I wish. Um, <laughs> wait, what did you call their wives? Uh, Grandma Dee Dee and then Grandma. We called the other one Grandma, but she passed away when I was, and I'm the oldest. She passed away when I was like four. My mom's wow. mom passed away young. Yeah. Really? Everyone in my family dies young, uh, which is a great thing to feel as you approach your 39th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my dad lived to 54. My, my, and you're like, oh, I'm getting very close to that. Oh, God. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, so wait, you called your, uh, gra- which yeah, side? Yeah, on my dad's side, the Irish side, they, uh, Pop up and mom, mom. His wife was mom, ah. um, which you can either spell mom, mom, or mom, mom, which I spelled mom, mom. M U M M U M. Yeah. With a space. Yes. Yeah. Oh, cool. Sometimes like a dash. Ooh. I don't know. But then on my mom's side, it was grandmom and grandpop, which I like. I never, almost never, say grandmom or grandmother or grand. It's always G R A M M O M or G R A M. Yeah, that makes E-O-P. sense. So just like a thing that I like grandpa, I call every, even if I knew you didn't call your grandpa, grandpa, I would ask you about your grandpa. How's your grandpa doing? Yeah. yeah. I say grandma is pretty like Northeastern to say grandma. Grandma. Like G-R-A-M-M-A. No, we never. And my mom hates ma or mama. And she just, I guess, drilled it into us. So grandma, grandpa. We're, we're all fucking, you know, Long Island trash. So we say ma to my mom way too much. Like ma, <laughs> ma, <laughs> Joe. And I call her by her first name a lot. Cause it's like, really, it, we find it to be very funny whenever she's just being like, I'm like, Joanne, not <laughs> I was laughing recently. I do this every couple of years. I just think about like a baby named Joanne. <laughs> <laughs> It is funny, like a a baby named Diane or Joey. There's something (laughs) about. I had two Aunt Dianes. Congrats on one on each side. That's I had two. I have two Aunt two Aunt. I have two Aunt Joannes. Aunt Joannes. Joanne and Diane felt like a common name, and Marianne from that generation, from our parents, like your generation. Yeah, and I have a cousin. (laughs) I have a cousin Diane and a cousin Marianne who are sisters. Ah, yeah. I, that's cool guys this is what you talk about when you uh, have a bivet yeah, well it is weird because i do miss my family i haven't seen any like i don't have any west coast family they're all in long island so i haven't seen any of them in uh, a full year now mm-hmm. over a year i guess the last time i was home was like oh no early february my mom came to my power hour at uh a live show it's in south brooklyn she did <laughs> yeah she came <laughs> she, had no, she-, she had no idea what was going on she was just like jonathan is in a show tonight we're gonna go out to dinner in the city and go to his show like she was just excited <laughs> to hear and then like she was like telling people about it and she's like jonathan everyone keeps calling me and saying they can't get tickets i'm like yeah mom it's sold out she's like sold out this t-. like and she was like my, my mom still doesn't have an understanding of what I'm doing out here at all. You know what I mean? I hear my, she talks to Tiffany sometimes or when they're talking on the phone, I hear Tiffany be like, yeah, well, you know, like he sold that show with his friend. My mom's like, yeah, but what does that mean? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> goodbye. What, what does, does she ever listen to any of your podcasts? No. 
And so when you were doing that show, did you feel like you had to be different knowing your mom was in the audience? No, because of, I think because I was doing shows in New York and my mom was from Long Island. So like she came to a couple of UCB shows over the years. Sure. sure. Um, so I feel like I got over it, but also my dynamic, I was a monster son. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> she, like she's not surprised by any, like my persona. And I, I mean, most of my friends, I'm like, not that much of a comedy persona. I'm just like screaming garbage when I'm hanging out with people too. Like mm -hmm. I'm up. And I think so for my mom, it was not that surprising, but like when my mother-in-law who I had a different level of behavior around, but still oh, was no. pretty much myself. But when she started coming to like UCB sketch shows and me and Justin Tyler have our like dicks out at the end of a lifeguard show <laughs> because it's 2005. You think that's what comedy is. Mm -hmm. And your mother-in-law is like, thanks for having me. <laughs> like, oh, this God. was fun. <laughs> but my, yeah, my mom, my mom, I've never had to, felt like I had to be different around her. And my mom's also the type of person that she has no shame and an iron ego too. So I literally could like call her up on stage and like humiliate her if I wanted to. And she would like gain power through it. <laughs> <laughs> We're very similar in that. That's way. amazing. That's great. Yeah. Well, I'm are, not like that at all. <laughs> are you like either of your parents? I'm now that I'm, I mean, I've known this for a decade plus, but now I'm like older and more introspective. I'm like, I've got this like real shit I hated about my mom and dad are just major facets of my own personality. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not going to have kids. I'll fucking ruin their lives. So I'm glad I'll just ruin my wife's life. One is plenty. Two, my, including mine. Yeah. I mean, there's other lives you'll ruin along the, along the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. But at least two Hit on and purpose. Runs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just I, toilets I blew up and then someone has to see it after. That person's life is fucking toast. Because then they're going to take that stress home to their kids. <laughs> yeah, beat the hell out of their son. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the toilet I saw at work today. And then that son, when he grows up, he's going to take it out on his kid. <laughs> so I really think you're going to have an effect on a lot of yeah. lives. The butterfly effect of painting a public <laughs> toilet. You know, that shit catches up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like as I, I'm realizing that I feel the things that I hated or got really annoyed about my parents, I'm, I feel a lot of empathy for them and I can understand like reasons they had to make decisions that they did or like kind of limited resources that the resources that they had as young as like kids and even as like young adults. And then I start to like get really, really sad that, that they didn't get to, um, do whatever they wanted and have like, you know, you know, right. Like, no pain yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. That is kind of like a crazy thing to think about too, is when you're like, Oh, my, I'm 39. Now when my mom was 39, her oldest son was graduating high school. Right. <laughs> and like, and I, and so she had been raising me for 18 years at the point at her, thir by her 39th birthday. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. Like, she was going, she went to college while I was in high school. She did like, she lived an insane life. And like now she's 65, unfortunately. And like, and along the same lines, I think about like my parents' life like that where, and I know a lot of people have kids young and their lives are great from that. But like my parents were so poor and so dedicated to just like getting these three schmuck sons to college was like all they cared about. Mm -hmm. And then my dad died before my dad died literally like a month after that. My youngest brother graduated college, <laughs> like, wow. which was kind of a weird dynamic. But the shit that hits me there is that 
my mom is now getting to live her life as she's like retired from one of her, she's retiring from one of her jobs and she's like traveling more and doing stuff. And it's so exciting. But my dad never even got that opportunity. Cause like that generation like lived for retirement. Sure. And when yeah. you, you know, you can't like do the same shit when you're 65 that you can when you're 30. So it's mm-hmm. a bummer that you mm-hmm. like have to punt your own personal life 40 years down the line. Brr. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should use a different app that isn't so much like our therapy apps. <laughs> I think I'm Pavlovian, Pav, Pavlovianly discussing way too personal. Did you have birthday traditions growing up in your house? Was it like, oh, it's Christine's birthday. That means we got to go get, you know, Pat's, Gino's, the other <laughs> Philadelphia restaurant I can't think of. Um, no, I mean, not really. I can, I probably, maybe talked about this in the other two or three birthday episodes that we did, <laughs> but, um, not, I mean, we, uh, we had a big family, like, um, there's four kids, my parents, but then we had like a lot of cousins and stuff. But, uh, I just remember ice cream cake was the main thing that would happen every time. Like um, ice cream sheet cake, or did you have like a specific spot? Cause we had friendlies in, uh, in on Long Island. That's where we got all our birthday shit from. We loved friendlies. Oh my God. I love friendlies. Friendlies made me feel sometimes my grandmom would take us there and we felt like we were the princes and princesses. Like we were the richest people on earth. Cause we got to go to friendlies. It felt, um, cause, cause part of it was, I think because it had a built in dessert. We never, we, we went to restaurants sometimes, uh, but we weren't like, we didn't have the money and my dad worked nights. So like, we went to restaurants sometimes. It was always with my mom and it was never like, you're never allowed to get dessert. It's like, we have cookies at home if you want or whatever. But <laughs> yeah. At, but at Friendly's, like the idea that you got dessert was kind of built into the meal. Yes. So it was like rolling into Friendly's knowing you were going to get to get <laughs> chicken tenders and a cone head. Like you're having yes. the fucking time of your fucking life as like a 12 year old. And oh my God. Just sitting at a table with your mom and her aunt as they fucking smoke a pack of cigarettes and you're eight <laughs> years old, drawn, waiting for your fucking cone head or fribble to get dropped off and meanwhile you're like putting honey on your chicken which we never did anywhere yeah (laughs) (laughs) loved honey on chicken i i I learned it from mcdonald's and brought that shit to friendlies too we would get it from carvel i think um and there's like we have a picture of gosh i'm like i had a smurfette i can probably told the story i got a smurfette ice cream cake a couple years in a row and like (laughs) I've always wanted another Smurfette ice cream cake. I don't think they make them anymore, but <laughs> it's just a thing that's like stuck in my, in my, you know, brain that I want a Smurfette ice cream cake. But uh, I was never a dessert guy. Uh, I never really liked sweets. Like as I got older. So we were allowed to ask for my dad, if he was home on your birthday or we'd pick the birthday dinner night, he would make, uh, a request like that would be the only time because as I my dad would famously say it's not a fucking diner Johnny you eat what's on the menu but on your birthday you were allowed to uh, ask for something specific and uh, I got chicken cordon blue on my birthday which <laughs> in our family meant chicken cutlets with ham and Swiss just melted on top <laughs> of it or rolled inside of it and to me it was like it's a ham and cheese sandwich and a chicken cutlet sandwich. <laughs> like I couldn't get over it. And that's what I asked for, for like my birthday, like four years in a row. I would just eat like a tray of chicken cordon bleu and my family would be like, okay. <laughs> I, I remember you telling this story last year. <laughs> 
I think chicken, hearing you say the words chicken cordon bleu, I've heard that before. <laughs> well, if you've ever been with me, I, I order it whenever I go out. Do you really? I'm a big no, I'm a big French guy. I'll have the chicken cordon bleu, please. <laughs> Uh, I always wanted to have, I was a little movie kid, so I always wanted to have movie birthdays, but a January birthday for movies is weak, dude. (laughs) Some movies I remember seeing for my birthday were Matinee with John Goodman and King Ralph. I guess two two different John Goodman movies. Oh my God. I think I saw King Ralph for one of my birthdays too. Hold on. I'm going to look up King Ralph release day. (laughs) I really remember going with like a friend or two. Oh yeah. February 15th, 1991. That must have been it. We didn't like my neighborhood. My block was so full of kids that like, I don't remember. Like now I feel like people go out of the way to have like big parties for their kids and have an event or like have an activity and invite a bunch of people. I feel like, on my block, it's just like open the door and like yell like cake. And then like there's oh, like in the suburban kids would just like <laughs> ride their bikes over and shit. Oh, uh, no, I'm talking about on my block. It's just like everybody lives within like he- the hearing distance of your voice. Um, so you would have like your neighbors were friends or it was like a thing, a cultural thing in your neighbor. Because like if my fucking neighbor rolled up to my house, I'd be like, get the f- my neighbors from my childhood home were freaks. Yeah, no, the block that I grew up on in Philly uh, up until I was 10 um, was like a, it was like a, mo- people say it like, it sounds like it was like a movie from the 50s. It was like, but just row houses. And um, I guess whenever my parents moved in, it was just a bunch of young families all kind of starting out at the same time. And they just be- all became friends. And I mean, like, of course, like looking now, they're all like in their 20s. Right. It's like their block was their UCB. Um, <laughs> and so like, I mean, it wasn't every single house. On How the, the hell did they afford those row houses? If they were all <laughs> spending their time at UCB. <laughs> Trust funds. Um, but they like, uh, just, I mean, it wasn't everybody, but like, you know, it's like a good amount of the families. And then most of us went to the Catholic school a couple blocks away. And so we would just all walk there together and like, um, that as yeah. you say this, this makes more and more sense because like. The world, our worlds were smaller back in the day. Like now, like your mom might drive you two towns over to go to this school because, but like our generation was like, you go to the school that's cl- close and free or close and affordable. Yeah. And so that makes sense. And then also, you now know, I don't, I, I, a lot of my friends with kids, they have like their other friends with kids that they kind of do shit with, you know, no one's doing shit this year, but like, mm-hmm. oh, so-and-so's kid is around my age. I'm not that tight with the parents, but we hang out every, you know, every Friday. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're like neighborhood 20 somethings and you all have kids, it's like, look, let's all let them go in our yard and we can all get fucked up and sit around right. while they play with each other. And then I'll do this in my yard next weekend. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's cool. exactly what it was. I, and then we moved when I was 10, we moved five blocks away, which felt like we were moving to the West coast or something. Like it just felt like we were moving so far and we all like cried and cried and cried because we weren't living on that street anymore. But, um, you know, it was still, that's like a thing that I was thinking about in terms of like raising kids or or even living now, like to be able to walk places, walk to school, not have to get in your car. Like, it's just, I think that's the dream. Um, and even like the neighborhood I live in now, it's like, I don't, I don't live, I don't know anybody like, that I never would run into anyone that I know in this neighborhood. It's just this weird neighborhood that I found because it was kind of close ish to work and it was cheap and it 
because of my dog's issues, I needed a house that didn't have any steps whatsoever, not even to get into it. And I found the perfect, perfect house that I rent. Um, and, but it's just like, just so walkable. It's a grid. The houses are really close together, but people still have little yards. Kids are running around. It's just like that to me is like ideal. I wouldn't, I would have that rather than like a big yard or like, anything like that. The sense of a neighborhood, the sense of a community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I feel that a little here in my neighborhood, which is very city esque and very apartment heavy, but I've now, now been here for nine years, eight years, nine years in the same place. And for the last year, I've always been home during the day. Like, so I'm like the guy who the mailman knows and like the UPS guys know, but now everyone's home during the day. And there's like a little more of like a weird neighborhoody kind of feeling where like more, a lot more people got dogs in our neighborhood, which is always exciting. So a lot like that, having a dog brings you like kind of inserts you into your neighborhood, whether you want to or not. Mm -hmm. So yep. you kind of got to be out and be on your feet three, uh, uh, walking through the hood three to four times a day, depending on how mm -hmm. much pee pee poo poo Philby needs to make. Uh, <laughs> but like that, all, all these other people got dogs in the neighborhood in the last like uh, six, nine months. And we've, and it's sort of like brought the neighborhood a little bit more together. There's a lot more like, six people in the driveway standing apart from each other with all our dogs, like fighting over each other. And it's, it's kind of, it's like a kind of a really fun and my dog's issues are all social and anxiety based. So he doesn't like other dogs unless he has like a like childlike introduction to it. Like we have to be like, look, Arthur, it's okay. That's Philby. Look, say hi. No, Arthur, you don't have to prove that you're stronger than him. Like you're just be friends. <laughs> and then eventually it settles down. So we always feel bad that he, he can't like dog park socialize because he's yeah, just yeah. too much of a prick. But like with these neighbor dogs, like Ar Arthur and the dog don't get along for like a month. But then after a month, it's like, there you go, Artie. You have a new friend or at least someone that can check their mail without you going apeshit at them. <laughs> uh, you ha he's a small dog though, right? He's yeah, a he's, a small, he's a small guy, which is why it's not that big of a deal that he like sure. is like a, a, a bit – because he's very good to people. And he actually isn't even like – if the other dog is uh, su subs to him, he's not a problem. But if the dog tries to be like, no, dude, you're a th uh, an old, lumpy, fucking gray-haired little Boston Terrier. Get the fuck away from me. Then he can't handle that. He needs like, pa he's got like Napoleon complex. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't be able to handle that either. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Like just being dragged into a driveway with five people, you're like five different. Uh, hey, you guys are all the same species. You're all ladies. Go fucking play. Run around. Hang out. Be like, Get if someone is calling me like a lumpy old terrier. <laughs> I think I don't think that's a Napoleon complex to say no thank you. Yeah, right. <laughs> um I feel like I mean obviously everybody knows I love my dog but like I really fucking hate him right now. And Whoa, like, you guys are going I I we're going I got, through it. I got in a fight with Arthur today too, weirdly enough. Oh my god, like, I'm like wit's end. Like Tiffany came home. She's like, what's going on? I was like, she went out to like go to the flower shop. And I was like, uh, me and Arthur are not having it. right." <laughs> I, feel, I feel crazy. We spend too much time with them even more now than ever before. Yeah. And he, he feels like the thing about him is that he can't, you can't walk from one place to another without him jumping up and following you and thinking you're going to the kitchen to get a treat. Yeah. And he's, he's like 50 pounds almost. And 
he does the thing that I think some dogs are, he's trying to lead you where he wants you to go. <laughs> so he like kind of gets underfoot and it's like trying to lead you into the, into the kitchen. And so then I find myself like a prisoner where I'm just like sitting on the couch and I'm like, okay, I need, I have like have these four things to do, but I'm not going to do them. To, if I, I get pee, up, get another coffee. <laughs> Fuck Philby. Oh shit. He hears me. <laughs> <laughs> he will. It, it, or if like he hears me make noise. And so now his latest thing, and I'm like, does this mean he's sick? I don't think so. Is if I'm just sitting on the couch, he'll just be sleeping and then I'll get up and then he'll just come over and he'll stare at me. And I've started to have to build like a little pillow fort around where I am. So like he never thinks I'm making eye contact with him. Wow. And that's the only way, because if you even accidentally make eye contact with him, he's like, what, what are we doing? What are, what, what are we eating? Interesting. Um, we Arthur has this thing too, where he follows you from room to room or follows Tiffany from room to room, whoever he's, whoever's tail he's on that day. And he's really old and uh, not really old. He's 11, but uh, he's going to be 12. He has a hard time jumping on and off things. So like he uses all his energy to get up on the couch in my office. And I'm like, I have to go pee. He's going to follow me eight. Cause I think he's, he thinks I'm getting him a treat or at least he's got separation anxiety issues. Cause we're around all the time. So he Ooh. jumps to follow you and you're like, Ooh, and you like hate to see him jump. And it, so then you start going like, I have to go to the bathroom, but I'm just going to wait. Cause I don't want Arthur to jump or like, for example, last night I, I'm laying on the couch uh, with Arthur. Uh, this I'm like pointing at it like you're here. I'm laying <laughs> on the couch with Arthur. Oh, and there you go. There's dirty workout shorts on the arm. Perfect. <laughs> uh, I was laying on the couch with Arthur. There, Tiffany comes in. We're just talking, hanging out, and she's like, "You guys are so cute." I'm like, and she goes, "Fuck, when I go to leave, he's gonna follow me out, isn't he?" And I'm like, "I'll try. I tr I'll try not to let him go because I don't want him to jump down because he's gonna want to come back up." She goes. She leaves, and he's like perks up starts like, and i'm like dude 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 you've been laying here with me for a half hour just stay <laughs> stay and i'm like holding him and he's like and he's like, and like and i'm like what's go what is the matter you we you're i'm dad too like and he's like no she there's a higher potential of a treat from her and so he's just like fights his way jumps down limps after her like you know like Aww. he has like a little limp whenever he does like a big leap now he like limps after her for a while i'm like arthur calm the fuck down dude and then you start getting stressed and then he adds so much anxiety to me that I'm like doing things to not, I'm already doing things to not trigger anyone else's anxiety in my house. <laughs> now I'm adding like, also don't upset the dog. I'm exactly. Like, <laughs> like on eggshells. It's eggshells. And I, <laughs> it's really like a prisoner of your own house in a way that is uh, really, really annoying. And I don't, I don't know how to describe this, but you know, this is a thing that has, I've always, always hated my entire life, which is like, when someone that you're with or is in a class and they look at you instead of like the person that's talking or like if, if the person that's talking says a thing that resonates with them or something you, you guys have just been talking about and they'll, they'll look at you like rather than like just listening to the person talk and like they want acknowledgement or something or I, like I know that that is I'm not describing it well but it makes me crazy. And I've always just, I just ignore the person who's like looking at me trying to get my attention. Cause I'm like, we're both supposed to be looking at the front right now. I get that. We talked about this earlier or we have an inside joke about this or whatever, whatever. And, and but you understand how that like could come across as rude to the teacher or the showrunner or whoever's exactly, talking. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And like, 
it's kind of a thing, but it's also like, it's, it's also kind of instinctual, right? It's sort of like classical conditioning. Someone's like, blah, 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 Philadelphia. And you I, like, I'd be hard pressed if I'm sitting near you, like not to be like, dang, Philly, like, you know, like, <laughs> See, and you're like, that's who, who cares, dude, leave me alone. <laughs> it's going. <laughs> if that's, I mean, it's even like different than that. Where I mean, I guess I need to think of a better way to describe it, but he does that for me with like, when we're, we're on walks, like, uh, like a, like two years ago or something, I had to like really learn how to get him to walk uh, without pulling because he has issues. And it involved whenever he was not pulling and he was walking just normally giving him a treat. Mm-hmm. Like, and it kind of became really good. Like we would hit our stride and he would just keep walking and you give him good every like, you know, 10 more yards. Good. And then we just got so lazy and now you're just walking. He'll stop and look at you walking stop and look at you or he'll just look at you the entire walk and not look where he's going and it just triggers all of that like feeling waiting for the treat looking someone's looking at me and i'm looking forward and i'm like i'm not gonna look at you man i'm not gonna look at you just look forward yeah it's Um, like this isn't what we're supposed to be doing right now we're supposed to just be walking dude just turn around and walk man yeah (laughs) and i say no and then of course he doesn't know what i'm saying no to and then i get home and i'm like I'm just so mad at him. And like, I'm just like, I'm feeling it right now as I'm talking. I'm just like, I like, lo- I will lock him out of rooms. Cause I'm just like, don't come talk to me right now. Oh, I, uh, I understand. I, I understand how beneficial it is to have a partner with the dog because it is like, I just don't want to deal with him right now. And it's like, I, I don't have to always. I mean, although yeah. due to extenuating circumstances in that my wife has a full-time job and I, can reschedule my hour long birthday chat with my friend Christine <laughs> in case of an emergency, my big crazy ass schedule. Uh, so I'm kind of like mostly doing the dog stuff. So I, I feel it, but I can still be like, Tiff, I have to go get a COVID test at seven in the morning. Can you walk the dog? Mm-hmm. And sometimes like you like get up and you're like, I'm just going to go pee. I, he's in bed in between me and Tiffany. And I'm like, just stay in this fucking bed. I just look at him. I'm like, just stay here. I, I'm, I'm going to pee. I want to come back and I need another little bit of sleep, bro. Don't you? And then you're peeing and then you hear like the little nails walking on the hardwood floor. And you're like, you motherfucker. And you come out of the bathroom and he's just sitting there like looking at you like half nervous. Like I could go to the bathroom and go back to sleep, but I just need engagement. And you're like, all right, man, let's go. <laughs> I think it's probably exactly like raising a child. It sounds like it's the exact same. Yeah. <laughs> Except if we were talking on the phone, you're like, yeah, I locked my son, Phil, in the other room. I just had to. I built a pillow fort so he wouldn't look at me. <laughs> talking look about at your me. son. <laughs> I don't want him to look at me. <laughs> Honey, can you fucking clean the uh, kids' shit up for once? Like, like <laughs> arguing like it's a the bags are over there. I mean, it. I was thinking about how like people. I guess I see this on Twitter sometimes, where people get mad that people with dogs say it's like having kids, and it's just like makes that makes me so mad because I don't think anyone who has a dog who's liking it having kids has ever really meant that. No, like it's no. just kind of like you're a little bit trying to relate to what you're talking about. And, and if, just- if you're going from not having a dog to having a dog, that is a huge like as an, like a, a, a single adult, a grown up, just having your own dog. That is a huge leap in responsibility. It's a Yeah. But it is not as far of a leap as a child. I fully, everyone who has a dog knows that. And if they don't, they're purposefully, they're purposefully being obtuse. Yes. 
Oh my God. I saw this. Oh, what was it? It was on Twitter and it, somebody made a, uh, there was some video that it was just something silly and somebody made a reference to, Oh, why don't they just buy another one or something? And some lady responded like all y'all who live at home with your parents or don't have kids are telling on yourselves. And like the living with your parents thing aside, I was like, what do you mean if you have kids, if you don't have kids, you're telling on yourself? Like, is it, should it be a, a thing I'm ashamed of or like secret or it's not like a trust fund. It's just, I just don't have to have kids. Like I don't have kids. I don't know what, like, I just like ruminated on it for like a fucking week. Like what the hell? Like when people, if you don't have kids and they do, and then they get, they get angry that you don't have to deal with the things that they have to deal with. That is for sure a real thing. And it's jealousy that I think they, at least in in some cases, it feels like jealousy uh, that is misplaced and that they will then wield like, well, yeah, I guess that's what, you know, like my, my little brother, my younger brother, I get calling him a little brother. He has a father of two and owns a home and I don't <laughs> even have a dishwasher. He's like, uh, but he has four, he is four feet tall. Yeah. He, yeah he's very little. <laughs> uh, my brother is, uh, Wait, what were we just talking about before? Four feet. Now I'm picturing my brother. And he's got full sleeve tattoos. So in my head, it was really funny. (laughs) seeing like a little dude. Getting jealous. Oh, Uh, yeah. Shit will come up like, well, yeah, well, I have to get up at five in the morning, you know, because like, you know, Junior is out of bed at this time. Oh, yeah. Easy. Like, uh, uh, sleep in. It's like, hey. You know what goes into having a kid before you have a kid these days. Like you didn't have, you didn't have a kid by accident. Seventeen, you were thirty when you had your son. Like, yeah. shit, you know what's happening. I know what's happening. I like sleeping. I didn't have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, and uh, then they yeah. make they try to make you like. And because I think the norm it f- was for so long is that you just eventually have kids. That they did that step, and they're like, I feel like uh, frequently from people in my life, they look at me like, I didn't know you could just really chase your career dreams until you're 40. You know what I mean? Or I didn't know you didn't have to have kids or wait till you're 35 to get married or all these other dumb things I did. And Mm -hmm. I, and I feel like how much pressure is there when I was unmarried from my married friends to get married? And then when my married friends had kids and me and Tiff didn't, there's so much pressure. Like, Oh, you guys gotta join the fucking awful club where, you know, not <laughs> awful, but like it's so uh, we're doing the, uh, I can't sleep. I'm exhausted, but you gotta do it so that I'm not alone here. And that I don't have someone to compare how much like our lives. Like, I think that's what bothers them is that it's like, just have a kid. I thought we were all fucking having kids. I go and have a kid. And then you get decide not to. And now you get to go to fucking Barcelona for Christmas. Come on. What the fuck you know right and i there's there's some element there and i'm aware i'm also like maybe projecting to make my our decision seem better and more positive too like like i mean it's a decision and well it's you know there's also an element i think of when people are like well you know you don't have kids you don't understand a lot of people want kids and don't have them for reasons that aren't good or, or like you know there's a lot of people are trying to have kids and can't or whatever i mean reasons that are too sad to even bring up and i think yeah. <laughs> Nay, I'm so happy you said that. it's like there are a th- 
so many reasons that people don't have kids and like last on the list is like because i want to get fucked up all the time <laughs> it's like it, uh, uh, there's like sad dark systematic uh generational genetic all these reasons <laughs> as to not wanting for people to not have kids and people yeah. and they'll still, still think it's like well it's time to grow up and it's like right. no 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 you don't understand <laughs> Well, also, I, I I have this uh, theory that like people who um, knew you knew each other when you were both like single or didn't have kids and then they got married and had kids. When they see you, they still see you as them before they made these life choices mm. or, or these big had these big lifestyle changes. So like at least in my experience, like some of my friends, like when they're trying to give me advice or whatever, like they're they're giving advice to themselves that like. 28 uh when they were kind of like you know unmarried or without kids like me without realizing that i also have lived a life and had experiences while they were they just weren't those ones that they had yeah they weren't Um, child they weren't childbirth and uh planning first birthday parties and weddings i but in the last 12 years of our lives you'd be surprised to hear i lived I lived, I laughed, I loved. You Look uh, at my throw pillow. It says, <laughs> it says, I lived, Veni, Vidi, Vici, I lived, I laughed, I loved. It's got all And it's that throw pillow right next to my two pee bodies. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I was doing something <laughs> for the past however many years. Fuck, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're talking about my throw pillow next to my 250 podcast episodes? <laughs> uh, it doesn't hit as hard as pee bodies, but, <laughs> you know, but take polished. what you got. If you got it, flaunt it. It's not a safe time to be going into stores. It's uh, a time when you need comfort. And for me, those two things send me into online shopping. I love shopping online. I'm assuming you guys do. I'm assuming everyone does. You know, when you're checking out and it says promo code, and you're like, damn, dude, I wish I had a promo code right about now. That is annoying. I'm with you. But thanks to Honey, you don't have to search for coupon codes yourself anymore. Honey is a free browser extension that'll search the internet for promo codes and apply the best one it finds to your cart. 30,000 stores plus. I, and I know this sounds crazy. I'm, I'm sitting here ready to just try to, you know, do this ad, but the, it works. They have 30,000 stores online that are affected by Honey. I've gotten a 10% off once and a 20% off once so far, and I've only done like a handful of shopping. So, it, And it's simple. You just add it to one of your browsers, and the Honey uh, button drops down, and all you do is click on Apply Coupons when you're checking out. And if Honey has any, uh, they'll match. You know, you can just watch the prices go down. It, It's like – so I got $10 off like uh, gadgets. You know what I mean? I bought – some dumb uh, stuff like tripods and stuff for you know working from home, and I was able to get a little uh, little discount. I, I think I saved like f- you know five dollars, but still, it's five dollars that I wasn't gonna have, and now I have it. So I treat save five dollars on what what was it tripod controller in a game or something like that, uh, or maybe it was ten dollars because it was five dollars off the game. Yeah, I saved like ten bucks. It was awesome. Um, I highly recommend you do it. 17 million members, $2 billion in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free, and it installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid 
and supporting this podcast. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash mighty. That's joinhoney.com slash mighty, M-I-G-H-T-Y. Thank you. Support for High and Mighty is brought to you by Manscaped. Who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming? Well, big news, Manscaped just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over at all times. Who knew smelling this good could feel this good, too? Yo, you already know I love Manscaped. You know I cut my hair on my head with it because uh, I'm not going to a barber right now. I trim my pubes with it. I I dust down the armpits. uh, And uh, it's the easiest way to trim my ball hair ever. So if these guys are also coming out with a signature scent... I'm gonna trust them. This cologne is uh, light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. It's a 50 milliliter spray cologne, hypoallergenic, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and 100% vegan. No beef or cheese in this cologne. So it's got a cute glass bottle. I highly recommend you get the Manscaped Refined Cologne to complete your set and smell great anytime, anywhere. It's time to... not only smell sexy, but feel sexy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code MIGHTY at manscaped.com. Your balls and body and roommates will thank you. 20% off and free shop shaping. 20% off and free shipping, not shaping. You'll have to pay for the buzzer, but once you get it, all the shaping you can do. Get 20% off free shipping, promo code MIGHTY, M-I-G-H-T-Y, at manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Wait, 250 high and mighties? At least, yeah. This shit's nice. been uh, like over five years now, I think. Nice. It's crazy. Wow. And I'm... I should say, like in this moment, like maybe around birthday time is a good time to think about stuff you're grateful for. And I will say in quarantine, I'm very grateful for podcasts in that I have a small income still coming in. So I feel alive and I feel like I'm helping out around the house. And it, weekly, I just talk to someone like for right. an hour, even if like just and it's been great in this quarantine catch up with old friends and now it's all zoom so now it's like oh i have a new york guy an aussie guy on the pod or a uh, person and mm-hmm. i'm so grateful to be able to like talk to you for an hour today like it feels yeah. and it i didn't realize how much energy i got off other people i knew i was a fucking fucking performer extrovert whatever but like I'm battling shit without live shows and being constantly reaffirmed that I'm funny by strangers or yeah. that people like me without it. I'm feeling, oh, I'm like, oh fuck. But then getting to have like a funny friend on for an hour and just talk about shit. I'm like, oh, I feel, I feel okay. I feel all right. I feel. <laughs> Cause you can only talk. I mean, like having a job, like eventually you get tired of your coworkers. It's like me and my wife, it's like, I can't keep talking to her about like, comedy shit and stuff like that like she just has other things to do and, and just like vice versa with it, where i'm like babe this is like i don't i can't have this story in my head right now just talk to somebody <laughs> else about this like you know in those moments so it feels so good to like it's like forced french i none of my friends would like get on a zoom for an hour to catch most of my friends wouldn't get on a zoom for an hour to catch up i wouldn't want to do that but if it's for a podcast, for whatever reason, people are into it. So, yeah. and most of my friends have shit that they want to plug anyway. So, <laughs> that's just more yeah. about how fucking my friends than anything else. I mean, it is a thing where, like, you, even before the pandemic, where you, uh, you would, for whatever reason, just end up talking to a friend on the phone. And af- after I get off the phone, I'm like, 
that felt so good. Why don't I do that more often? Like I never get to talk to that person. And, and then of course they'll never do it again. Um, I've had the thing I'm trying to come up with a name for what you're talking about. Cause there's something there's like a, what's that expression? What's the German word for blah, blah, blah. Cause they have like a word for everything. But like mm-hmm. the expression you're saying is like, when you do an activity that you never, that you rarely ever do when you do it and you go, Oh fuck this. I feel good doing this. This is so easy. This should be implemented into my life more frequently. And then you can't for some reason repeat that. Yeah. Like, like, and from a mental health standpoint, I feel the same way as you. I'm like, oh, it was so nice to FaceTime with my brothers and have a beer. I miss these guys. We're just talking. I get to see the nephews. But if you don't like, like, if we don't make that effort, like, it just won't happen. And like, mm-hmm. call, we were talking about a mutual friend. And uh, actually, he's a guy who would love to hear that his name was being dropped on other podcasts. We were talking about a, a Tamanic, and he's a phone caller, and Gamberling is yes. a phone guy. And having these friends that call you on the phone, you're like, oh, I miss. As someone who doesn't have a job, like my acquaintances were the guys and people, gals, everybody that I was talking to in between shows at UCB or in the waiting room at an audition or while we were both at so-and-so's birthday drinks at some arbitrary Atwater bar. And having all that shit eliminated, I'm like, oh, fuck. Now I have to make the conscious effort to like maintain, not maintain friendships, but like keep that thing going that I liked about knowing these people. And it's like, I took so much of that shit for granted. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. And you got it. Like people, friendships, like it's weird. And even in the pandemic, how it's like in the beginning of the pandemic, I talked to these people a bunch and then we stopped talking. And then I, out of nowhere, I started talking to these people in the summer. And then now we're in like season four of the pandemic. And like, yeah. not talking to anybody. I'm like, yeah, um, it is weird. I was like, yeah, oh, there was like three months I was texting with uh, this guy. Oh, there was like two months where me, me and her were talking about maybe doing some uh, writing together. And then there was like, uh, month, and now it's like, uh, the guys I host podcasts with don't even want to talk to me. Like, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> send a text to Rogers and Stanger, like, hey guys, we're doing a record later or whatever. It's like, no response. It's like, well, 7 p.m. Oh, you're here in the Zoom to do our job. Okay, well, good to see everyone. Yeah. It's like everybody just needs so much uh, leeway right now that I'm, and I hope that people are giving to me also where I'm just like, I'm giving everyone as much leeway as they need. Cause I'm hoping that they're <laughs> in return going, I noticed Gabriel's giving leeway. I should throw a little leeway. In his way. I, I make, I make it aware that I'm giving leeway. I text them. I email them. I'm giving you some car. fucking leeway. All right. It's no big deal. Get back whenever. <laughs> But just know that I'm out here hoping to get a little leeway when I don't respond to your shit. Yeah, I have like a weird block to like communication responses right now. Like I, it feels weird. It feels like because the future is uncertain, I feel weird like answering questions or nailing down anything. Like it, mm-hmm. it's always just like, well, who knows? Someone's like, hey, next uh, February 11th, you want to do this podcast thing and I, or this live stream or whatever? And I'm like, hoof. I'm not answering this. Anything could fucking happen in the next four days. <laughs> and I'm like, and then it's like, next thing they're following up and it's like, hey, it's been two weeks. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I really want to do it. I really want to do it. I'm just, I'm not sure what's going to happen. And I'm like working myself up into these hypotheticals. And it was previously just about pandemic or world opening. But now I'm like, what if something crazy happens at the Capitol? I want to like, <laughs> I don't want to be like stuck doing a live stream when I could be like hunkered down and watching CNN. Like my brain is like fucking broke. I'm like, 
and I guess people talk about it who are more informed and more intelligent than me, but are like, yeah, well, we're going through like a nonstop traumatic situation. <laughs> yeah, like, there's definitely reasons. <laughs> there's got to be, or or we're all crazy. Yeah, if you're if like hearing a number of people that have died, a number of people from the same country as you that have died, and the number you hear the number every day, and the number is bigger and bigger every day. There is even if you are not fully registering that. That fucking number climbing from a hundred thousand to four hundred thousand is fucking. You're carrying that shit on in your on your back in your fucking cerebellum. Yes, <laughs> it, it's really like, and we like. I've been lucky enough to have been working nonstop. Um, oh, actually, like we have a couple weeks off this in January, but um, like a lot of the things have happened while we were on Zoom or like having to work stuff to do. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, that was like, you know, when like RBG died, it was just like, everyone is just like staring into space or like looking at their phone or screaming or crying. And then like, it just kind of a weird thing where people are already trying so hard to put their attention into zoom and working that way. And then, so like all this other additional stuff and like, and also I mean, people have kids at home with them and, and like a bunch of other stuff. Uh, it's just, I saw a headline, did not read the story, but someone said, um, or maybe it was just a tweet said like, our kids aren't falling behind in school. They're surviving a pandemic. And it just, that I can't stop thinking about that because it's holy shit. That energy needs to extrapolate out for everybody. Yeah, exactly. But kids, Uh, kids, especially obviously, but that's so fucking, that's such a, just rewiring of how you like just a repositioning your pov on something like that and you saying that is fuck it's that's a headline tweet wherever the fuck it was it's like stuck it's gonna be stuck in my craw i'll I'll try to find it because it's really helped me so much in terms of just being gentle with myself and and then you know a bunch of other shit has been happening on top of like and you know everyone's having stuff in their personal life so just like to just lay in bed for half the day. If that's like all I got, that's all I yeah. got. <laughs> I, I, I know I like without having a work zoom thing to do. I like shut down from January 6th through like 11th. Like I was just like, I've eventually, and my friend, Billy Scafuri, a uh, friend of the pod, former guest, he, he said something. It was like, stop saying productivity. <laughs> like, don't worry yeah. about, I'm like, my productivity is down. He's like, dude, to get relieve yourself of that (laughs) (laughs) you know what i've been doing and this is so so weird so i don't and i say this on any podcast i'm on i don't really listen to podcasts (laughs) um i realize one thing one i do stuff in silence more than anything like not even with the tv on or like if i'm driving places i'll just i'll forget like oh yeah the podcast is an option or music is an option i'll just be like (laughs) driving in silence and not thinking twice about it but i started listening to productivity podcasts, uh, when I'm doing stuff and I'm not, and they're like giving you tips on your to-do list and your calendar and stuff like that. And I'm not like sitting there taking notes. It's just like when I'm trying to be productive, it like helps me to listen to these guys 
who are probably insufferable in real life, but talk about like, yeah. So like I started with up at 5 a.m. and I just dominate my day. And <laughs> Do- it, like- day domination begins at five. <laughs> Time to get up and get after it, boys. Grind. That grind and hustle culture shit is so crazy. But I, and it's like, if I was at a party with them, I'm sure I'd like leave that circle. But I like listening to these And then podcasts. wonder how the hell you ended up at a party, no less a party <laughs> that those guys were at. <laughs> I did start working out, which I hadn't been doing. Like I, I did last year. You asked like, if you could go into your house and have something, a present waiting for you, that is like a thing that you would want. Do you remember what I said? No, I don't. I said a husband on a Peloton. (laughs) (laughs) How's that? How's that going so far? Got the Peloton. Hell yeah. That's the hard part. And I never thought it needed to be my husband. No, yeah, but, just, uh, uh, I just needed uh, <laughs> just a guy to put the fucking thing together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy that was in, that was like put, leveling it out and everything. I was like, married? Good, all right. <laughs> Good. Um, so you are a husband. Great. You have to <laughs> okay, be mine. Could you sit on that thing real quick? <laughs> um, and then I saw, like I got like a virtual trainer because I was like, I'm a f- I have so many like mental blocks around exercise. I realized, especially when it comes to like squats and lower body stuff, because I've had so many injuries. So this woman eased me into this like so slowly, even though I could do more than she was giving me. And now I'm like, I love it. It's like, put me on your workout podcast. I mean, I look the same. That's not true. I don't look the same. I lost like 20 pounds. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> but uh, it's like been a really good thing for me mentally, mentally? to yeah. do that and just feel stronger. I, I was working out in the beginning of the uh, pandemic doing very well, rolled into, I'm like, oh, fuck, gyms are closed. Well, I'll keep going here in the pandemic. And then that stopped for like th- two, three months. And now I'm back after it again. And just like whatever that German word we we're looking for, for like, oh, I should call my friends more often. I'm like, oh, even just walking two or three miles a day, which is so easy to do and so passive that... I do feel better on a day when I do walk for two miles than a day I don't. And a day when I walk for a couple of miles and lift some dumbbells or jump some rope or go for a jog or do an, I feel even better. I'm like, oh yeah, this is something I had. Like, it's the first thing to go when I feel like I'm falling apart mentally or whatever. I'm like, I have no time to work out. I have to focus on my own misery and Twitter and my deadline. And I let working out. And then when I bring it back, I'm like, this should never go away. This should be the thing I always do. Like I am not that productive. I don't need like the extra hour of writing. I'm not going to do it. Just right. exercise for that hour and your life will be better in perpetuity. Or and 20 I, minutes. Like Yeah, it, 20 it, minutes. Exactly. It, it's a thing where like if I have a headache, um, I will just like go about my day just being like I have a headache or like if, you know, my back hurts or something. And it will be so long before I remember that I can take that medicine as an option. Right. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Ibuprofen is supposed to help these things. And <laughs> then that'll happen again and again and again. And it's the same where I just like forget. And and like I say that now where I'm like, oh, I'm working out. But also, like I was saying about like the seasons of the pandemic, in a week, I might like stop working out completely for a month. And that just like needs to be okay. Yeah, um, that's fair. One thing I've been paying attention to is like how long things take to do. Like if you do, if you're like putting off doing the dishes or whatever, like next time you do the dishes, see how long it takes. It might, it probably takes four minutes. Right. And then like, I think about that, like next time I'm like, I need the dishes. I'm like, all right, yes, this will take me four minutes of my day. Like 
you know, I think I'm probably picking these things up from these productivity guys. Oh, I wonder. Yeah, it's like pa- you're like passively le- like through osmosis, it's just playing. Knowingly. Uh, you you saying that makes me because like you'll have you ha- oh fuck I have to do the dishes on your mind and eating up way more of your brain ram than four minutes of doing it really yes. is and yes. was, like I have that like I have these things where I'm like oh I have to do this I have like. I have some deadlines on things that are like, write this person back and say like, this is the paragraph that you asked for. And like, if I just did it, it would take me 10 minutes, but I've been thinking about it nonstop for two weeks and how fuck I have to do that. And instead of just doing it, I'm mired in the idea that it's got to get done. And if I just rip the fucking bandaid off, my brain is open for other shit. And I still can't get that. I I, I don't know what that nudge (laughs) is that can't get me to fucking do it. Totally. It's that's I think it's anxiety and probably ADD or something like it's uh, just gets getting started. I have such a problem with like time management and uh, and all that shit. Yeah. So I get it. And it gets there's people who would be like, just do it. And like you I cannot if you don't understand why I can't just do it, I can't explain it to you. <laughs> right. I just can't explain it. To be fair, I don't understand why I can't just do it. <laughs> and you just saying just do it doesn't get me to just do it. So exactly. chill the fuck out, Nike. Let's figure this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want for your birthday then? For th- Oh, that's a good question. Uh, this year, I would, if, if you, uh, if to answer the fake question, the question I may have asked last year, if I could come into my house and have something waiting for me, it would be, an extra room that had a Peloton in it, husband <laughs> optional. I just don't have room. I'll take the, if, if it has, if the only way I can have the Peloton is that I have to also marry a man separately, I might do it. I just, I want one. I want the convenience of exercising at home, but I just don't have the space. And yeah. I also want to move, but that also feels crazy to do right now to, change the rent or change how much our rent is or buy a house or any of that shit feels Mm -hmm. like this feels like the, not the right. Again, it's like, if I'm not sure about agreeing to do a live stream thing (laughs) because my ADD and my anxiety won't let me be like, who knows what happened in the world. I don't want to fucking start going house hunting. I don't want to like move apartments. Like that feels so scary, but I do want slightly more space. Maybe having outdoor space in this time feels like a fucking, it would, would be, amazing it's what i realize is like i have like a a, a two bedroom and the the second bedroom was like a, a guest bedroom obviously that never because i moved in here in december and it never got you it got used once and my sister had visited guests me. since february yeah exactly so then it had to become my home office and workout area and i but i had this big pullout couch and I finally was like, I never use that couch. I'm not going to have guests that need this for a very, 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 very long time. <laughs> just gave it to like my old dog walker. I was like, you need this? Like she just moved into a house. And it made it like, so even if you like, so what I'm saying is there's things that because our lives have, our style, lifestyles have changed. There's like things that fit your old, old lifestyle that don't fit your new lifestyle. So just, I don't know why it took me so long to just be like, just get rid of this couch, just pull out couch. Dude, it's, it's crazy. You said that because I literally said to my wife the other day, I'm like, well, what if I just got rid of the coffee table I have here in my office and I just put a Peloton there and she's like in the middle of like the floor of your office. I'm like, 
No one comes here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, it, seriously, like think about it. Think about things that way. Like rethink like how you're using your house and like what you need to feel good. Cause you might find like, Oh, I, you know what? I don't even need this. There's two couches in this room. I don't even need the second one. Like yeah, no one's coming over. No one's coming over. No one needs to, it doesn't need to look good for anybody. And if I need to take all the pictures off the wall and put like a calendar on the wall and mark off like workout days, like no, at least for me, I don't even have like, no one is coming in. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, uh, it's just it, like, I've just had like reframed everything. So I'm just like, what is going to make me feel? Cause I deal a lot with like depression and anxiety. I'm just like, what are the things that are going to like get me? Yeah, to what, do, what do I, what's my toolkit I need here for some success and some happiness and some ease of life. And yeah. if it is this thing that seems unusual and like, it's like, Oh, that would be weird. It's like, the the exterior world exists from what they can see from my zoom window more or less it's like that's yeah. i have no i have no guests coming over it's like might as well do something like that like, yeah <laughs> if you're interested in getting a peloton just order one you could always cancel it you know if it's and there's payment plans and stuff like that or i've gotten rid of so many clothes like so much stuff that i'm just like man i didn't need any of this stuff uh, i've gotten rid of a bunch of stuff my wife's doing the opposite she's like looking around the apartment and being like I've always wanted to get one little frame for that location. And she's like, and now that I'm here all the time, someone, she worked full time for the whole time we lived here. She's like, now that I'm here all the time, I can't not see it. And right. so it's sort of the, it's the same thing for her. We, I just don't have the same things that make me happy and eliminate my anxiety and soothe my, for her, it is like all aesthetics of like, and the rest outside of this office, this place feels like a fucking boutique hotel feels yeah. at home. It feels peaceful. I love it. But like for her, she's doing the same thing, but it is net. And I'm, I'm like you, I'm like, I guess I'll keep this one suit in case I have an audition. And I like threw out, I'm like, I'm not dressing up. I don't even need jeans right now. So I definitely don't need suits. So I yeah. just like cleaned out my closet and I was like, get rid of all this shit. I'm like ready to get rid of a ton of stuff. My, I told I was getting rid of stuff in my closet like the other day, and my mom was like, "What do you What are you up to?" And I told her, and she goes, "Again." <laughs> <laughs> uh, outside I, point of view will really yeah. call you out. What I have, I bought like in um, I went on. I think I got these off Amazon. It, they're almost like hospital dividers. That like a like I don't you can't really see them, but they're just like this cloth and like oh yeah. And so I like when, when I'm working, I need to have, I need to feel like cocooned in or like confined or, or just Is that because contained. you get, because of distraction or because that it feels comfort? It feels comfortable for me. Like when I, when I was in grade school and high school, um, especially if I had like a project that, or like I had to study for an exam, I would sit under a table or I would like build like a fort or something sometimes. This is um, pretty Philby. This, this was, was just, you weren't protecting yourself. No, I wasn't trying to avoid eye contact with a picnic. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of the mental health shit, too, is like, as you go and you're like, yeah, I know. I'm like, you know, Tiff suffers from anxiety. I mean, we all do, but like, you know, she's like, when you get some help, when you get some medical help, she's like, oh, shit now i have like clarity on what i was i can like look at myself like perspective and all this shit and she's like, i can't believe i was trying to go without you know this for as long lexapro whatever you know whatever yeah. people are on yeah and even like i was saying about working out with like squats and stuff it was me just being able to identify like i have so much anxiety around this 
and I need to at least like acknowledge this anxiety uh, and that's what it is. And like, let's call it that. And then like move on to like getting past it and like learning how to do these things properly. And cause I never, I think it's like when you come, I would come up with a million reasons to not do things. Right. And then finally Which is way was, easier, to, easier to do. <laughs> and then, but then if you take a step back, you can say like, you know what, all of that was, was anxiety and fear. Um, and like, for me, it was like with squats, it, <laughs> I talked about the squat squats. It was like, um, I just, I have a bunch of injuries and I had like so many physical therapists or doctors, or whatever, put the fear of God in me with About certain hurting things. your knees or back or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, I can't, if I don't do it perfect, I'm not doing it at all. And like, that's why I had to have a person, I had to pay a person to ease me into like this thing that really isn't that complicated of, of a move. And being able to do squats as exercise or just the capability of it is life improving. Right. Like it is something like that will help you in the long run. It'll strengthen your legs, uh, mobilization, help you walk later in life, being able to do all that, carry, carry yourself around and all that shit. And now that you're able to like, you're, and then it's like that thing. You're like, why? I can't believe I had this block for this long. If I, what if, what if I would have did this a year? Like, and yeah. then that's a whole new version of anxiety where you're like, totally. well, I, I started too late. You know, like, like, you know, like, oh, why I should have moved to Cal. I should move to LA four years earlier. I should have yeah. started really focused on exercise a year or like all this shit. It's like, no, you got to just make what the decisions you can make are. Yeah. Dude. You say it's life improving. I think ass is life and it's ass improving. Yeah. Fuck. So yeah. You guys can't see what I'm working with, but a couple months of squats has made very little difference, but I feel stronger. I can and pick up my dog. <laughs> yeah. I, I will tell I will tell you this. Uh, look, feel, and perform. Don't worry about scale. Do you do you look better, or do you look like looking at yourself better? Do you feel better, and do you perform better? And if you used to do zero squats and now do one, you've rapidly improved. And I'm assuming you're doing more than one a day at yes. this point. Yeah, yeah. And if you went from zero to how whatever that number X is, X being the number of squats, that's a wild life improvement like being yes. able to do that and that's and and I'm not saying I'm not saying this to gas you up you know like you made a good decision but I'm saying it for listeners to be like you had this block to something that could improve your life like and we're using we're, obviously we're being a little hyperbolic in that we're talking about squats this is <laughs> and ableist I suppose uh, yeah oh yeah <laughs> I, uh, that goes without saying like that goes without saying I'm always an ableist <laughs> I, I mean like uh there, everyone has their version of squats or going for a walk or this thing that you're like, I know this would be good for me, but, and then when you're like, why won't I do it? And when you analyze what all that chatter is, it's all just like this. It's all, it's all different voices coming from the same actor. And that actor is anxiety, like right. fucking Michael Winslow doing <laughs> tons of bleeps, the sweeps <laughs> and the creeps, just hitting you with all different types of like, Oh, it's because you're not good. You're actually too fat to do half marathons. Yeah. Oh, you know, you're uh, like, that's not, you're not a good actor. Like that's not what people, you're not going to do that. It's like, yeah. wait, no, that's all just anxiety. It's all Michael Winslow saying the same fucking, uh, same guy saying all the different stuff, nip yeah. that in the bud or, uh, and another way, and this is what is a little more pertinent to me, but I'm going to use your example going forward. It's like now that squats was, you had that, I'm going to say squat block. You had a squat <laughs> block and you powered through it. And now when something else presents itself, like it, you know, replace squats with whatever it might be. And now you're, well, 
doing those dishes or uh, listening to music while driving, <laughs> whatever right. these new. And like, you're like, if I could do that, I could do this. And that, like, that's that. If I can get myself when I, my body and my brain is telling me a thousand times that you don't need to exercise today. You need to be worried about other stuff. Then you go and do that exercise and you look back at yourself. You're like, I dominated that. It's like, that's a little victory for yourself. And, it you, can, is. and you can take that with you going forward. You're like I beat that. What's next? And, yeah. and the opposite is true where, you know, oh, I, all I have to do is write this person back a paragraph that piles up. What happens while that's piling up is something else comes up and now you have two things and now trying to even tackle one of them is like, I can't do squats and <laughs> blank, you know, and, and now you're like, oh, now I'm overwhelmed. Now, now I get to use overwhelmed because there's two things. One thing which I could just check off and be off my mind if I just focus. Right. It's, a, it's such a weird such a weird disease anxiety such an interesting thing to get anxiety <laughs> I, it took a doctor telling me first of all i didn't start going to a doctor until i was like 34 like so that mm -hmm. was like one thing and took a doctor going like i'm like ah well i'm not really an anxious guy and he was like you know like anxiety doesn't present itself exclusively by like someone who's like nervous in social situations and i was like huh <laughs> like, I guess I was thinking of anxiety, like, exclusively as, like, Woody Allen. Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not like that. That's, like, Gil. Yeah. You know, that's not yeah. me. That's and what then, Jewish people do. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Why do it? <laughs> and then you're, he's like, no, it could just be, like, you're constantly worried or you're, like, self-defeating attitude and, like, all these other things. And I'm like... Oh, I have anxiety. He's like, yeah, a lot of people do. And he's, yeah. like, he's like, maybe it's because anxiety. I'm like, bro, I'm not anxious. He's like, well, let me explain anxiety to you, you fucking oaf. And I was like, oh, I do have that. We call it anxiety where I live. That's what I have then too. I you want have that anxiety. One. I mean, it's it's like it's a I mutation. Heard... It's mutated. We can't stop it. <laughs> the novel anxiety virus. I have it. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, I have anger issues, all that stuff. Uh, Nanger management is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's the job I want. I'm, I work in Nanger management. <laughs> Wait, are you repped by like three arts or whatever? You should make them refer to themselves as Nanger or whoever your manager I've never thought about that. Oh, my God. No, I don't have a manager. I've never wanted a manager, and I've gotten this far without it. Uh, yeah, excellent work. <laughs> and, and congrats on having 10% more of your paychecks in perpetuity. That <laughs> feels right. nice. And I, got I would this, guess. I got my current job when we had to fire agents. So, so I get to keep all this. Money. Oh, that's oh. not true. I, whoever helped me with my, uh, my contract. But oh, anyway, yeah. 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 Still living the fucking dream, Nang. Uh, yeah. Speaking of living the dream, Nang, I just gotta say, uh, you want got anything you want to plug here? Thank you again for talking to me and, and happy birthday. And, and happy birthday to you too. I'll be putting out the major t tweet on uh, January 31st, as usual, locked up with, with Bobby, <laughs> Portia de Rossi, Jackie Robinson, Phil Collins, the whole <laughs> Kerry Washington, the whole gang. Uh, <laughs> uh, but do you have anything you want to plug or where my listeners can find you? I mean, I'm sure they already follow you and all that shit, but. No, they can just find me on Twitter at Nanglish, although I'm trying really hard to. I was thinking like after my birthday, like having really strict rules about Twitter, like two hours a week or something. Um, I'm trying to figure that out too. Instagram and Twitter. I'm trying to figure out rules for myself. Because I think partially it's like we have all this extra time, but if like you were saying in the beginning of the conversation, like there's also something you're missing by not performing and not like having that social feedback and, and, and like positive feedback and like, 
I'm like, I'm other places. And I think that that's like another reason that I'm going to Twitter so much. But anyway, I think, I, I think um, I'm going there too for validation, for inclusiveness, for like feeling like this is where everyone's bullshitting, right? Hey, yeah. uh, I just had fucking diarrhea again. Oh, <laughs> 40 likes, sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a green room energy. It's like, hey, what are you doing in here, Fernie? Oh, tweeting about bird. Great. You know? <laughs> Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I always tell people, oh my God, my dog is barking up in here. Um, to, Shh, to quiet, check he's out. looking at me. And the door is closed and he's in his crate with a blanket over it in another room. <laughs> no, no. But he's barking like crazy right now because it's past his dinner time. Uh-huh. Um, but I always tell people to check out Astronomy Club on Netflix, which is a oh, fun sketch show that got canceled too soon. And, uh, and I don't think it got enough publicity. So I had the I had the John Girard and uh, James on High and Mighty uh, last month, and I said this about their show then, and I want to say it now every time it comes up. Great sketches. Uh, a lot of shows pull off good sketches. Not a lot of shows pull off the wraparounds well. And I thought Astronomy Club had wraparounds that were value added, were different than the rest of the show, and helped you learn more about the cast. Yeah, and it was yeah. just like a fucking lesson in designing a sketch show. That's it was, such a good point. Yeah. And you had one of the best lines of the show for our guest star, which was, this is the most racist thing I've ever seen. And I went to Duke. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. It was so fun. Always down to play an open racist. Uh, <laughs> especially if it's a show written by black people. Because then I, at least I feel like I'm being blessed into doing it. <laughs> Where it's um, like, I'm on 30 Rock being racist, and there's one black writer and one black cast member. I feel a little weird. <laughs> I mean, I'll do it, but. Yeah, I mean, um, I'll, fuck yeah. Thank you, Tina. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for having me on your show. It's always a, a nice thing. Of course, Nang. I miss you. I wish we could hang out in Minions costumes and eat yes. uh, vegan hot dogs together some, someday Please. soon, hopefully. Soon. Um, I'm at Gabrus on all social media. Uh, check out my other podcast, Action Boys, if you like to hear three 40-year-old men talk about movies for longer than their runtimes. I'm assuming you don't. That's fair. Most people don't. But I just watched Murder at 1600. Oh, shit. I love <laughs> yeah. that one. That, I, there's... Those shows, those movies are so fun to rewatch now and just picture Trump as the... Like, <laughs> all of those movies... We talk about this all the time on Action Boys because, like, for a while before Obama, the crazy thing movies would do would put like a black president, like 24 did it and be like, wow, that's bold. But now that Donald Trump has been president, there's not even like a gimmick or a gag you could put in him. And now it's like, imagine Air Force One remake coming out now with what we know about our oh most recent God. president. That's like oh an insane <laughs> murder at 1600. I don't know. Check the secretary's office, huh? <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Air Force One is one of my favorites of all time. Um, oh, love yeah, that movie. okay. So check out Action Boys. Everyone. <laughs> yes, thank you. Oh yeah, let's get you out of here. Let's get Philby fed. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Nangle, and bye, shitheads. <laughs> that was a headgum podcast. 
in a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. Holy I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. It's actually, it's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. <laughs> now... Somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to, like, see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Oh, there's a fantasy component. There's some sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. What? I don't hate them, but I pity the room <laughs> Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I'm dark. I'm your dad. Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.